Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. I'm your host, Paul Arnold. I'm joined by Ernest Watts and Nate Moyer, and we're back. Even though sports has taken an indefinite hiatus, uh, hiatus is our word of the day, uh, we're back because, thank God for the NFL, the National Football League, the badge. They have come back and helped us with some great storylines to talk about because this is a sports podcast. But before we get to that, Ernest Watts, what are you doing these days if you're not watching sports? A lot of streaming. I've done both seasons of uh, Star Trek Discovery. I am is that one playing Picard? a lot of video games. No, no, that's uh, that's actually it's with Christopher Pike before uh, he gets he becomes the commander of the Enterprise. I actually, see young Spock in it, and I get to see Picard too. So I've done both of those. Now I guess I got to start on. Star Trek Enterprise. A lot of streaming, a lot of video games. Do you, do you like Star Trek or something? Yes, yes. And I'm playing NBA. I'm, my Hornets are still playing. Not as well as what the uh, Nate Suns are doing. Uh, I guess uh, Dokic scored 50 on them when they played a virtual game on NBA 2K20. So uh, I'm playing video sports. So sports is not really gone. It's in video form. All right. So... A lot of that, and working, still working. I'm, I've got a nine-county area I work with, which is about the size of Connecticut and Rhode Island together, and I was on the road all day today. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm not sequestered by no means. Nate, what are you doing during this time of no sports, live sports? Oh, I'm holed up with my two kids. That's been, <laughs> as all these parents are probably telling you, I think we all decided that, uh, I think we've all decided that teachers need to be paid like a billion dollars <laughs> putting up with these guys. But no, you know, it's, it's been all right. We're just making the best of it. Um, you know, I try to stream a little bit at night, uh, a little Xbox, you know, I have some friends who play like a little halo. I'm not very good at it, but it's just a great stress reliever. You just, you log in, you start chat with your buddies, you blow up some aliens. It's, uh, it's, it's fine. It is what it is. Um, other than that, I mean, you know, we kind of go for walks around the neighborhood. The weather hasn't been terrible here. So, you know, we kind of do some walk, we do some walks with the kids. We go out in the driveway and play. And, um, I have, I have, there's times when the kids are just a little annoying and I have them do laps around the house. They have to go all the way around the house. We have about an acre of the air of uh, grass. So I make them do a big, I call it a big green. I make them run all the way around. I can see it now. Someday on a TV talk show, my parents maybe walk all around this five-acre yard, you know. But, no, honestly, I think it's just you just got to build a structure. Um, I've learned that you kind of just build a schedule for the kids like they had in school, and it, it works a lot better. It's a little You can stay a little bit more Thing. they kind of like that schedule yeah as opposed to a free snow day so that's been the key but you know it's just it's great my wife's still working so uh, but her office is very limited so what she does is uh she works in like a lab so she needs to be there but uh so she's yeah she's not it's a nice mad scientist help. is she is she making the vaccine for us is that what she, she doing? is not but she works with like hand soaps and things like that so Ooh. oh she's rolling in dough these you're days. a dealer man you can she's deal us a, some sanitizer spot for uh i thought everybody was making their own handmade homemade sanitizer these days we, got, we have plenty of soap here so we've we've actually always had plenty of so soap ernest here, in north but... carolina does moonshine qualify as hand sanitizer i don't know there was a light i guess let me say a convenience store in New Jersey got in trouble because they were actually burning people with their homemade <laughs> hand sanitizers. Yikes. So 
I guess it's like the old lye soap Granny used to make, the old homemade soaps. Yikes. Well, you know, like I said before, this is these are interesting times, and thank God for the NFL. And, of course, the final linchpin, the final domino has almost fallen for Tom Brady. He announced yesterday that he's not going back with the Patriots. He has not officially announced he's going with the Buccaneers, but it's pretty much done. And if I listen back to some of our podcasts, we were saying L.A. Chargers, Tennessee Titans. But, Ernest, why does he go to the Buccaneers? I don't think he had a lot of choices. It was them or the Chargers, and I think he didn't want to go that far away from his home in New York. He does have small children. So I don't think he wanted to become a bi-coastal father. Uh, Bruce Arians is a quarterback-friendly coach. Uh, Byron Leftowich is going to be his offensive coordinator. who was a quarterback in the NFL for some time. I think I think he would have had a better chance at making the playoffs with the Chargers than the Buccaneers. But, uh, you know, West Coast Florida is not a bad place to live in, and uh, you can get home to New York in an hour, hour and a half. So I think I think that the proximity, Phil, I think the Titans took themselves out when they signed Tannehill right. to a long-term contract, which I really question. But, uh, you know, they wanted some money for Henry, I guess. They wanted to make sure they could sign him as a free agent. Right, Brady going down to the Bucks surprised me, but they do have something that he never had with the Patriots this last year. He has some good receivers down there with Mike Evans. And Arians took uh, almost washed up Kurt Warner, at least people thought he was close to being washed up with the Giants. And then with the Arizona Cardinals, they had a good run, as Nate knows only too well. Do you think Bruce Arians is the right match for Tom Brady, Nate? Bruce Arians wasn't there. That was Ken Wisenhunt that was the head coach. Oh, really? When they got oh, yeah, went to the yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah. He took over for uh, – he came in and challenged Matt Leiner and took him to the Super Bowl. That was, oh. uh, that was Bruce Carson Arians Palmer. took over Carson Palmer. Yes. Yeah. Um, before, before we go any further, um, I, I just want to say Boston, all the bars were closed yesterday on St. Patrick's Day. Um, and then not only that, but Brady left – on the same day, has anybody checked on people in Boston? <laughs> Mookie <laughs> Betts left too. Yeah, traded away trouble. Mookie Betts. Uh, they away Mookie Betts. But no, you I, know, I, I think I think it's a great move because I, I like uh, Bruce Arians. I've actually met him once briefly, but he's. Who haven't uh, you met, man? You met <laughs> Ken Griffey Jr. last week. What's geez. I did. I met him at the airport before they closed it all up. Um, no, uh, I, I liked watching Bruce Arians in Arizona. He was uh, just fun to watch. Just very, you know. Easy going. I think uh, Brady's probably going to like that coming from a Bill Belichick point of view. But we'll see because I don't know if player friendly turns out to be as structured as Brady's used to. So that could be a difficulty. But I think, you know, Bruce Arians is great with quarterbacks. I think if he's he's going to maximize what Tom Brady's got, um, you know, Mike Evans is a tremendous wide receiver. Now you, you give him, you know, he's had Jameis Winston, but you give him a decent quarterback. You know, it'll be amazing. I think there's already a meme out there that says it has a, a picture. It's like what Mike Evans does when, when the ball actually hits both his hands. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's like amazed. Um, I think you just need to get a running back situation figured out there. But, you know, there's a lot of free agent running backs you can probably plug in there. But Jones is not that bad. Jones is not that bad a running back from USC. So they've got, they've got a decent running back. You know who's really cashing in? It's Marquise Goodwin. 
He wears number 12. You think he's going to get some money to trade that number? <laughs> oh, and he's only going to have to do it for a couple of years, too. He'll get his number right back. That's right. But, you know, he's going to look for something. They had a little pay to, you know, if I'm going to give up my number, I want some, they're a great receiving OJ Howard at tight end. Maybe he can trade it for Giselle's phone number. There you go. Uh, number, <laughs> number. Maybe more of a Tom Brady money. hat is what he's going to get. Their defense worries me, though. They were a little inconsistent. You know, that's the Glazers are going to, the owners of the team are going to be happy because they never sell out that stadium. And if, you know, there's usually more fans from uh, visiting teams than there are Buccaneers fans in that stadium because it's a really spread out region St. Pete, Clearwater, Tampa Bay, that whole area. So they're going to sell out now. They're going to cash in for these two years. And they're getting new uniforms, right? They're kind of like the old uniforms, which means I can bring out my old Trent Dilfer. Oh, the Trinkle colors? How old? Like no, that, no, no, no. The, uh, the, the ones they had when they won the, the Super Bowl. Oh, not okay. the creamsicle, but not the with the black. reflective numbers, not with the bicycle numbers they have now or the <laughs> the, the little bib they have over it. No, it's, like when it's, Brad Johnson was the quarterback? Yeah, yeah, when Brad Johnson and Trent Dilfer were there. The same straight red, no orange. Uh, it's gonna be, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's it's the red and black. We're going back cool. to that okay. and the partnership. Like well, this is the season of quarterbacks, and the next one on my list is Old Man Rivers, Philip Rivers going to Indianapolis Colts. Nate, is this a good idea? I like the pick. I, I mean, I like the um, I like the pickup. I think Frank Wright's a good coach out there. I think they just need a good quarterback out there. And I mean, let's be honest, Rivers at best is going to have like two years, but. Um, you know, I think Frank Wright was ready last year with a good team. And then, you know, everything happened with Andrew Luck. And then the backup, Brissett, ended up getting forced in there. And he did okay. But I think if you get a solid quarterback under there, um, under center, I, I, I'd like to see it. I think Rivers deserves a shot. And I think, you know, I mean, if you look, well, I'm sure we'll get to it later. But obviously, I think in that division, um, they can easily win that division now that Houston's a little bit depleted. Um, again, <laughs> we'll get into that because I'm very excited Right, about that. yeah, we will. But I, I, I like, I think... I'd like to see what he can do. I think um, if I was in if I was in Indianapolis, I'd be excited by that. I don't know if they're gonna win the Super Bowl, yeah. But I'm definitely thinking playoffs with Rivers. Did you see the meme game. or the joke that uh, you know there's a restriction right now that we shouldn't have more than ten people gather at oh, one yeah. time? You know yes, this joke coming up, don't you? That <laughs> Philip Rivers is gonna have to tell one of his kids to stay home. You know, so bum bum bum. Anyway, Ernest Phil Rivers at Indianapolis Colts. Come on, is this really a good idea? Because Rivers looked like he was done to me last year. Nah, he looks washed. He really does. I think Brissett will be starting by the middle of the season. Ooh. Even though the Colts probably have the best offensive line in the NFL right now, and an up-and-coming defense, and they just picked up uh, Buckner from the 49ers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, traded away the number one draft pick. Uh, you know, this would have been the plus price for Brady to go to me. But uh, Rivers just – it seems like every game – ended with Rivers down by eight points with 80 yards to go <laughs> to try and tie the game last year. I mean, his arm strength is shot. I just I just don't see it. I think he was, again, he looks washed to me. I think this is a mistake, though it's a one-year contract and they still got Brissett. As long as they don't trade Brissett and they keep him, because uh, there are going to be some offers for him because Patriots – the Chargers are going to be looking for a quarterback. It's, right. It's right now, what's left is a pick them, choose them kind of market for quarterbacks. Well, the Patriots sort of went on a fire sale a little bit. I mean, the Lions picked up three of their players just recently, 
And it makes me wonder if Belichick is just saying this year is a wash. I'm setting up for future years. He's and tanking for Trevor Lawrence. That's what they're doing. They're tanking for Trevor maybe, Lawrence. Maybe because do it all you, over again. Brady. I, I, they, they won 10 games with Matt Castle at quarterback. <laughs> and Paul can tell you about Matt Castle's qualities with his time he spent with the Lions. Oh, do you remember that period of time? Yes, bad. I mean, that's, that's, I, mean I really think. I think if you or I, Nate, were quarterbacking the Patriots, they would win at least six games. All That's right, so the rumor is, J- how about Winston? James Wilson to the Patriots just to stick it to Brady after Winston had, I guess, eye surgery, the corrective eye surgery, that now he can see better and Belichick will take him and he'll just stick it to Brady by winning with Winston. Of the prospective quarterbacks that are left, I would say Andy Dalton is probably the best choice. The red rifle. Uh, I, yeah, Winston, I think pro football uh, analysts said that, that there was potentially 52 passes he threw that could have been intercepted. But you include the, the 33 <laughs> that were picked yeah, I know. and about 20 more that were <laughs> dropped. I don't think you can correct that. And, and, and Cam Newton, I just don't think there's any way to know if he's, he's well. I mean, especially now because you can't bring him in for a medical exam. So Andy, I think Andy Dalton could fit in there and fit the system and there would be a playoff, particularly mm. now because there's going to be an extra playoff team in each division this year. Yeah. Each think, conference, excuse me. I think Dalton's not a bad pick, <clears throat> but I think one that I, if I was Belichick, I would almost gamble with Josh Rosen. I think he's going to be a cheap pickup. Um, mm. But he's been in two bad systems. He was with the Cardinals in a terrible system with was it Welks and you know they fired their offensive coordinator, then they fired their head coach and his all in his first year. Then he got traded to Miami. Miami was not a good situation. It'd be interesting because you talk about you know Ernest Dry going behind under center in New England, we could win six games. You put Josh Rosen on there. If he's ever going to have a shot, that's his shot. If he can get in there and do well, if he can't do well in that. That, yeah, I think you kind of know that his NFL career is over. But I think that'd be a good gamble. And worst case, you're right, you lose the season. But then guess what? If you end up get the number one pick, you got Trevor Lawrence coming in. Now you got Brady 2.0 with you know little sunshine from. But yeah, Nate, remember the Titans. If the <laughs> Patriots can't win with Brady with no wide receivers, what is another guy going to do if they still don't have any wide receivers? Which leads me to my next question. We'll start with Nate. Who did the worst trade? The Vikings trading away Stefan Diggs to the Buffalo, um, Buffalo. What am I thinking here? Bills, Bills. excuse me. And the or Bill <laughs> O'Brien trading Andre. I don't Hopkins. think it's a question. This shouldn't even be a question. Well, this, I thought you were worse. You were going after this kidding? like red meat. So I, I threw it out for you, man. There's the red meat. Go for it. I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked with the Cardinals. They had uh, Hopkins. I was like, are you kidding me? Like all we did was give up David Johnson. I mean, I know there's some some draft picks in there, but you're feeling good, huh? I was, I'll tell you what, with everything that's going on with this virus, the market going down, (laughs) that just totally made my day. I was like, I had to like check multiple sources to make sure it was correct. And I mean, I don't know what Bill O'Brien was thinking, honestly, like now David Johnson's not, you know, he's not nothing. I know people think he's damaged goods, man. Well, I think I think he's going to do well, but I don't think he's going to have as an impact as Hopkins is in Arizona. Now, Arizona, that's that's going to be exciting. With Murray, you got Larry Fitzgerald with there another year. You got Christian Kirk that takes the pressure off those two guys. You got Hopkins. Murray's now has three weapons to throw to because Larry, he's older, but he's still got the great hands. He'll catch anything his way. He's not going to be the number one receiver to be covered. Kirk, 
I think he's a second or third year guy. He's going to be able to get open. I mean, it's it's going to be exciting. Uh, that's that's a great pickup for the Cardinals. They gave up David Johnson, which I think they were talking about cutting anyway. So, right. well, Ernest really, will give us the inside scoop. What really oh, happened? Yes, here? according to Michael Irvin, this is the story. During the season, Bill O'Brien went to Hopkins, and he was concerned because Hopkins had a lot of influence in the locker room. And this is this story is the reason why you have a general manager and you have a coach. You don't have a coach who's the general manager, okay? These have to be two separate people for this reason. Bill O'Brien was concerned because of Hopkins' influence, and he brought him in, and he said to Hopkins, listen, there's only one other player I've had to call in because I'm worried about the influence he has in the locker room. And that was Aaron Hernandez. Ooh. He also said, I don't like your baby mamas coming to practice. Baby mamas? His baby mamas coming to practice. So whereas in a legitimate structure where you'd have a general manager who would intercede between this disagreement and tell a coach, back off. He's a hard worker. He's one of the top three wide receivers in the NFL. We won't get value if we trade them. O'Brien, who's trying to coach and be a general manager at the same time, decides to ship him down for like 10% of value for a broken down running back, which Nate said was about to be cut, and the draft picks, which are inconsequential at this point. So Bill O'Brien's ego is so big that he is probably damaged, and he's taken away from Watson, his quarterback, his number one weapon. He has set that team back in the division, which is a competitive division right. because you've got the Titans. Titans are going to be better. They added some nice parts. The Colts, I uh, still think Brissett will be the quarterback at the end of the year. And I think the Jaguars with Michoud will be better this year. He's going to take a playoff team and make him a fourth-place team this year, and he'll get fired. He's going to set this team back five or six years in structure and the ability to be a contender yep. this time. I think so. I mean, and you're wasting this is ego. This is pure ego. And, again, this is why you have general managers and you have coaches. You can't do both jobs at the same time. The front office is not that great. I'm, I'm shocked that this worked. I mean, I don't. I, I, I again, like I said, I had to check multiple sources because I was like, "There's no way the Cardinals made a great trade like this. This, <laughs> this is, it's got, this can't be right." Um, but so, yeah, I think Bill Bryan's definitely hurt them, Houston, and that's it's a bummer for Watson because that's going to waste Watts some of Watson's prime years. Oh yeah, and I'm it's. Yeah, it's. I mean, at this point, you might as well just trade Watson and start stockpiling draft picks because you're right. I think you're set back, and um, unless they draft the number one guy in the, you know, number one wide receiver in the league, in the uh, the upcoming draft turns out to be the number one guy in the draft. I mean, I, I don't know what you're. And this is know. a team that had a lead on the Chiefs in the divisional yeah. playoff game. Had the Chiefs beat, they were that close to getting to a Super Bowl, and now they're three steps behind. Uh, there was another dumb trade, you know. You got the the Bears gave up a fourth round draft pick for Foles. Yes, for Nick Foles and picked up a big contract. The bill the bill deal is not that bad. I think the Vikings did pretty well because Diggs is is such a head case. You, you don't know he's going from a decent to a very inaccurate quarterback. A decently, you know, uh, Mitch Trubisky is fairly accurate, but he's going to Allen who throws it all over the place. If he doesn't think he got throws to his area in Minnesota, good luck in Buffalo. 
where you're going to be playing outside in zero degree weather <laughs> for half your home games. Right. A team that runs the ball more than any other team in the NFL. There was a funny meme. Uh, it says, you know, Diggs getting, you know, going to Buffalo and being all excited at Josh Allen. And they show this kid on a disc golf course, right? And he's in a little box that you start. And he goes to throw it and just goes completely wide right, just completely like just right. And it goes into the road and a car hits it. The guy's like, are you kidding me? Like that's the thing. So that's Josh Allen. Diggs gets there. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Diggs is going to stay there very long. I was very surprised that the Vikings went all in on Kirk Cousins. And so did the Titans with Tannehill in a way. Ernest, which is the worst signing, the Vikings with Cousins or Tannehill with the Titans? Well, the Vikings pretty much were tied up with Cousins. They had big money. They just extended the contract. Tannehill. Cousins has had – got them to the playoffs this year. Barely. Come uh, on. Yeah, Tannehill, I would have gave that money to Henry. You better you better write the check to Derrick Henry. You better just take a blank check and say, son, you fill that thing in because the only reason they made the AFC championship game was Derrick Henry? But Ernest, you always say that running backs are done at thirty. Why spend a lot on Henry when he only has maybe a couple more years left? Yeah, because he's not going to be happy if you don't pay him up, and that means he won't play. What Can other quarterback it? would you have taken if you didn't re-sign Tannehill? Uh, which which quarterback out there would you have gone after Ernest? I Just would, curious. I don't know. Uh, you know his numbers weren't all that great. I would have. You know, I still think Dalton can can be something. I mean, you know, Dalton or Rosen, uh, um, to the extent that, that there's I mean, those are kind of unknowns where you kind of know what you get with Tannehill. Yeah, I, I just don't. Super Bowl, but he he deserves a shot after what he, he gave. He he's a he's a placeholder. He really is. Yeah, I would agree. With you that. like Garoppolo? I mean, he's not going to win the game for you. We've seen and, that. and maybe you know to the extent maybe. Maybe Dalton is, is past his prime and maybe he can't do it anymore. But there are a lot of other quarterbacks I would have given a chance before I tied up that much money. Now, in the NFL, you can always cut guys because here in Carolina, we're getting ready to cut our quarterback. And <laughs> instead of paying them $20 million, we're going to take a $2 million cut. And we're going into the Teddy Bridgewater era. Yes, you I are. Like that. I, I mean, I know and, you're a Panthers fan, but I don't know. I, I, I didn't really see that much from Cam Newton the past two years. I don't. So I think I'm, the injury thing, I think the fact that he's 31, unless your name is Brady or Breeze, you don't see quarterbacks that efficient after 30. Uh, it's, it's, I, I text John, told y'all, this is, I feel kind of like when we got Scary Terry Rozier to replace Kimba Walker. I mean, he's not quite the player, but I don't know if Cam can do it anymore. I mean, there's two straight years he has played less than five games. And that that's a pattern. You just don't players can't come back for those types of injuries. And you look at guys who ran the ball, Randall Cunningham, Michael Vick, they, they kind of after age 30, they disappear. Uh, Bridgewater is getting reunited with his old offensive coordinator, Joe Brady from from the Saints. We'll see. He doesn't throw deep. He's not the most accurate deep throwing quarterback. He's good mid-range. He's got decent receivers. You got McCaffrey in the backfield. We're rebuilding. I mean, we'll we'll be lucky to be the third best team in the division. Uh, I think the Saints are so much better than the Buccaneers. Again, I, I wonder why Brady went there. I mean, yeah. Breeze and Brady in the same division, and 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 Ryan. 
what division is three better quarterbacks than Breeze, Brady, and Ryan mm-hmm. in the NFL right now? I don't know. I don't know. But, I, you know, so this is the time of year also that teams take a chance on older players. So, Nate, there's two older players that got contracts. One is Jason Winton got a one-year deal with the Las Vegas Raiders. I have Raiders. a hard time saying that. It's going to be weird to say. And then Randall Cobb, who did great in Green Bay, mm-hmm. sort of washed out with the Cowboys, got a three-year deal with, deal with the Houston Texans to basically replace Hopkins. And ESPN grades that as a D plus, that they don't think he has the speed to really make the difference in Houston. Nate, which is the worst signing? Um, honestly, based solely on the years of the contract, I think the worst signing is the uh, the Cobb, just because it's three years. Jason Witten's one year. The, you know, if he doesn't do well, you're only stuck with one year, and he can kind of mentor the other um, tight end there. But I don't think he's fine. He's not even supposed to be the starting tight end. No, the Raiders, no, right? He's he's going to be no. the supplemental one to somebody Two else. Two tight end so. situations, passing situations, third down. Yeah, but I think you know, I think Cobb's in a tough spot, and um, I mean, he's got Watson, so it's not like he doesn't have a ter- he has a terrible quarterback. But yeah, I think he had Dak last year, so yeah. But three years is a lot, and I mean, obviously coming in to trying to fill the shoes of of Hopkins, that's that's a tough spot. I mean, that was kind of like Golden Tate last year, tried to come in and fill fill the void of a. Uh, Odell Beckham in New York, and that was that was that was tough. So I, but I, I think solely based on the years of the contract, I'd say Cobb. I think both of them deserved a one-year deal to kind of you know see what they can do. But well, Amari Cooper got five years, a hundred million to stay with the Cowboys, and I'm thinking, what's left for Dak Prescott, Ernest? Well, they pretty much tagged him, which means he'll get the average of the top five quarterbacks. When Brady signs his $30 million a year contract, that means that'll go up. Can I throw another old signing player <laughs> that I really question? Well, since you're our oldest sure. co-host ever, right. go ahead. Robert Quinn, when the Bears signed him to a $13 million contract, and actually $70 million, five years, $70 million contract. And this is a guy that the you know the Rams traded to the Cowboys, and he got two picks. Two sacks this year. Two sacks. The Bears are paying $70 million for five years. I guess they think, you know, they'll put them on the other side of Mac, but, you know, they did that this year also with Leonard Floyd, and it really didn't help Mac or Floyd to that extent. Bears, Bears did some strange things. Yes. They picked up, you know, they cut Floyd, they pick up Foils, they, they cut Prince of Mucalana, they signed Jimmy Graham, who would have been a nice that would have been a nice signing in 2015. I don't know about 2020. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the Bears are feeling the pressure that they've got to do something this year. But you know, how many of these signings really flesh out that much? I mean, a lot of these guys are spent to the extent you're, you're signing for past activities. And the NFL is okay. You can always cut them. But you know, other than the Brady deal and, and Bridgewater and, and – I, not a lot of these really got me that excited. Hmm. Any I other... think success in the NFL is is drafting. I mean, you get most of your good play, drafting. How you draft determines how good you are, not the free agent signings. Well, you bring that's, up the that's dr- why. Go ahead. That's why Belichick the, does well. Yeah, the draft last year was in Nashville, and they had they estimated almost up to a hundred thousand people came out because they had the streets closed down and had a concert look, and it looked great. It was such a cool 
venue. And then they were going to have in Las Vegas this year, and they just canceled that. And I don't think they've announced where they're going to have the draft inside, but they teased it could be like the old NFL draft where a bunch of guys sitting on in rooms on their phones, you know, mispronouncing Brett Favre, right? you know. As long as they're six feet away. Yeah, as long as they're six feet away. Um, so that described the Detroit Lions pass rush this year. Um, bum, bum, what what signings do the what do the Lions do? Yeah, I know they up the Lions got the backup Patriots. Chase Daniel, backup quarterback. Woohoo! Um, so it's guys, interesting that the Lions and the Dolphins picked up all these old Patriots <laughs> because they have old Patriots as head coaches. I know, I know, just crazy. Got to think better than that. So besides those things, right now the. There's not a lot of sports news, and we were talking before the podcast started that the Houston Astros are thrilled that they're not the topic of all our discussions anymore. But there's one person that went under surgery today, Justin Verlander, or at least yesterday, for an injury, a groin injury. Uh, we'll just not Ooh. leave it there. Um, and so they're saying this is going to help certain players get healthy for baseball. Are you How bummed are you guys that spring training got wiped out and Nate the bum got to go to spring training. Where did you go Nate for spring training? Uh oh, I was in Arizona. So I got to see the Cactus League. Who would you uh, see play? Which teams? Oh gosh, I got to look at them all. I went to the Rockies home game, a Diamondbacks home game, a Royals home game, uh an Athletics home game and a Seattle Mariners. So I saw the Padres twice, so the Mariners um Yes, I'm trying to think of the, all the teams were, but it was it was great. I mean, it was uh, usually we don't go that early in the season. It's kind of like we go like mid mid spring training. I was kind of looking at it like, oh bummer, we're not going to really see a lot of the guys in their prime, you know, because it's just the beginning. But it, it worked out well. Um, we got to see everything before everything happened. Um, I went on a Thursday. We went Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Went to five games in four days. There's not a lot of night games, so we found a night game we went to. Um, but no, it was, it was great getting to see, see it. And I'm really thankful that everything worked out the way it did because obviously a week later it was, they, they canceled it. So, um, but yeah, spring training was fun, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, it's going to be weird. I mean, they, it's good that the players are going to get all that time to rest, but I mean, they had the whole off season to rest. They barely got any spring training in. So it'll be interesting if they play any exhibition games when we come back or if they just go right into starting the season because i think some of those players are going to need some some reps some warm-ups um you know coaches got to get you know roster sizes down that, that's going to be tough so i don't know what they're going to do if they're not going to have any more spring training um maybe just inner squad workouts when the restrictions are lifted but i don't know what do you guys think what, what do you think they're going to do you think you're going to go right into opening day or do you think they're going to have some warm-up games They've got to have a training period. And that's that's hockey, basketball, and baseball. They just can't flip the switch. I mean, we're going to see some fat basketball players. I know that already. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going they're going to have to have. It's interesting that back in December, the owner of the Atlanta Hawks had proposed moving the NBA season from uh, what's now October to June to December to August, and that we might get that. We might get an August ending. Because he was saying the calendar is so crowded in October and November with football, college, and pros that the NBA would get so much more uh, exposure that have 
just compete with baseball in July and August, which really is not a bad idea when you think about it. Uh, there's there's got to be a warm-up period. They just can't say we'll play games without a crowd uh, and just start play. There's going to be a two-week period at least. Training, retraining period, especially the longer this goes, and, and these guys can't go to their gyms and they can't go to their team headquarters and they can't work out supervised. There's going to have to be a, a period of time there in that respect. So Ernest, what you know baseball really... player are you worried about or basketball player that you're worried about right now when they're not being able to play, who's going to get in trouble? I mean, do you think like, Oh, there's so many. <laughs> well, since now, since marijuana is practically legal in the NFL, I mean the NBA, excuse me, they don't test for marijuana anymore in the NBA. Uh, they're all kind of, pro- I mean, they're going to be out of shape. You know who I really feel bad for and not change the subject too much. I feel bad for all the high school seniors yes. and college seniors Definitely. that played spring sports, basketball, baseball, softball, track and field, because you got kids who their entire career now in high school, you can't do it. In, in basketball and baseball and in college, you can give them an extra fifth year of eligibility, which I think we'll probably see. Some of them won't take it. But in high school sports, we all played high school sports in high school. And to think if, if our senior year was taken away, if I couldn't have played baseball my senior year, yeah, that'd be something never you could replace that in your life. And, and again, we're in an extraordinary situation. We've never seen circumstances and, uh, but I, I think we're, we're filling this out as we go. I mean, it, we really don't know what's going to happen. I know, like I said, I don't think they can walk on the court. That that we're going to see. Do we see them going straight to the playoffs in the NBA and NHL? Yeah, I definitely see that. Yeah, Do I see a hundred. Be... Yeah, I see a hundred game season in baseball. Yeah, I see that also. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, we just we don't know when the ending period is, and, and again, we put safety in front of people. There will be games played in empty stadiums. I have no doubt of that, and I don't think we'll see an Olympics this year. Ooh, I mean, I know that Japan's still having it as of I yeah. think yesterday. I saw something they said they're still planning on it. Um, Team USA basketball still planning to go to yeah. the Olympics. I mean, I think it'll be next year. I think it'll be next year. I think the Olympics will be held next year. Yeah. I think it'll be pushed back. If you're pushing the Kentucky Derby to September 5th and they're talking about the masters in September. uh, And now they're even talking about canceling the British open and the PGA. uh, It's just, uh, this is a new paradigm that we've never dealt with before. Yeah. Well, we, we haven't even talked about March madness being canceled, which was huge. And around here, the bars, couldn't have people there for St. Patty's Day. And this tomorrow would have started, I think, the start of March Madness. And think how much money they're losing. Um, so, if, guys, if you could rate your favorite big sports event, like Super Bowls, World Series, March Madness. Uh, for David, I'll put in soccer. My son loves soccer, Premier League. What would be your top three sporting events that you like to watch every year, Nate? Top three. Um March Madness, first one, obviously. Um, I want to say, I guess I'd say the Super Bowl and, and sporting events. Hmm. Those are my two. I'll go to Ernest. I'm going to see if I can come back with my third one. Those okay. are the two I can think of offhand. Attending or watching on TV? Whatever you want, man. I'm just going to go with the flow. 
Uh, Nate knows this because he did this last year. There's nothing like going to the NCAA's to the basketball games. Yeah, that's I, pretty I, nice. yeah, that's that's pretty nice to go there and just be locked into a basketball environment and watch four games in one day and be surrounded by people that just understand and know basketball. Uh, I've had the I'm going yeah. Number two, I got the opportunity to go to the Stanley Cup Finals, and I, Ooh, I just nice. loved it. And then I'd say the Super Bowl, which which is more of a spectacle than a sporting event to that extent. It, it, you know, I like the period of college football from September to November, but that's not one event. I'll take that back. Uh, kick the Super Bowl out and the opening weekend of college football. Yeah, I was about to say, that to me is right up there when college football rolls along. And I think March Madness, the first two days, to me, are just like a magical two days that you sneak out of work or you sneak try to figure out a way that you can just watch the games. And the games keep coming at you all the time. You can never predict it. And everybody's doing the brackets. And to me, that was a big bummer that it just got wiped out. I totally get it. But, you know, if you're a college sport, uh, college athlete, that was a big blow. And I, I think sometimes, like, how long can we go through this time of just pulling everything back? I get why we're doing it. But I'm going to ask you guys once again, so w- what person in your life is benefiting the most that you don't have as much sports to watch? My kids. <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds bad. Oh, yeah. What's your name? No. Oh, yeah. Becca. No, there, there's a funny meme. It was like, what is it? Day two without sports found this lady sitting on my couch she's my wife nice lady <laughs> i mean it's i mean it's just crazy because we're all, you know so many people are being you know told you have to stay home there's nothing to do there's no sports to watch i mean you, you can't go out realistically i mean it's it's a bummer i mean you, you just yeah you just gotta let's say you got you know, internet if, video like, games you know, stuck at home even if you're watching games without an audience like that's fine i think you could suck that up to enjoy it but i mean no march madness i mean you're right. Like you said, it, it makes sense why they're not happening, but it's just, it's very, you know, very disappointing that we, we can't, when, when we're stuck at home doing all these things, but you know, a lot of us can't go out at night. Um, we're not supposed to go out at night can't socialize with friends, you know, in person. Um, sports would be a nice thing to have. And now it's kind of like, well, you know, luckily we've got like Netflix and, um, the streaming services that kind of help us a little bit, but yeah, it's, it's a bummer. You got to listen to Ernest more. I mean, that's that's, <laughs> that's that's the problem. No one is no one is benefiting from my presence. First of all, everybody comes up to me and says, "What are you doing without sports?" <laughs> and I do have a life, you know. Do you I love, really? Yeah, I have gaming. I watch movies. Yeah, we I talked read, about that, didn't we? But but you know, for stress wise, uh, I've closed down my church for two weeks. Uh, I can't eat sweets because I have omnipresent people trying to make sure that I live longer. And if I can't have sweets and sports, I don't know if living much longer appeals that much. And I have no sports. Uh, I mean, it's, and I'm having to work and, and uh, my work has changed a little, but I've had to reschedule everything and doing a lot of uh, streaming uh, over the computer, a lot of meetings and things that general. But the only person to really benefit is probably my 88-year-old aunt because my uncle passed away uh, a month ago, right. and I've been checking on her. But I think I'm getting on her nerves too. <laughs> so my wife is not saying this has been a good thing. I still think the divorce rates will go up higher than the birth rates after this because I think 
men and women spending more time together is a recipe for disaster. That's that's my two cents in that respect. I know uh, you guys are bored because I'm at work and we're on the same text group and my <laughs> pocket is just buzzing like crazy. <laughs> and then I finally had to just mute you guys because I was that look. There's 35 texts between you guys talking about different trades and things like that. And well, that's here's cool. my problem. Here's my problem, Paul. I have the burden of knowledge. <laughs> the burden and, and of knowledge. The burden of knowledge. Yes, I, I've seen so the many. Seer of truth. Well, seen so many disaster movies from The Dark Tower, The Stand, Contagion, Outbreak. Okay, okay. Uh, okay. I we tried to watching, we watched Contagion this Oh no, this don't do that. Oh Lord. Funny. I look you look at Netflix. How does that start? Outbreak. Tell the audience how does Contagion start? Where does she get infected uh, at? In Chicago. China. Oh well, she, yeah. She gets infected in China at a restaurant. Uh, you get to see the inside of Gwyneth Paltrow's brain, which is a I lot better. Than, that. I turn yeah, away from it. I that's better it. than smelling her candles, which smells like another part of her body. But I digress. Whoa, uh, what? But it's you haven't heard about her candles? No, I don't need to, I guess now. No, you <laughs> really don't story. want to hear about her candles. Funny story her, about Contagion, though. I was watching it, and we had literally just started it. And one of my buddies from high school texted me, and he's like, Oh man, my wife really wanted to watch Contagion, so we're watching Contagion, and we had just started. So I sent him a screenshot of me watching <laughs> it on our screen. I said, "How funny is that? We're watching it too." And if you look on Netflix, Outbreak is one of the top ten watched oh, yeah. right now. I mean, it's just like it, this yeah. is how bad it's got. I thought I'd relax Saturday night and watch a movie, an action movie, get away from it all. Yeah. So I watch Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. Okay. Fast and Furious. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what the plot of that? movie no. is, which I did not know before I started it. The Rock flexes his, his muscles. No, no. His sister steals a super contagious super flu, oh, which geez. will wipe out 5% of the population. Yikes. Yes. Yes. I walked right into that. All That's right. how bad it so is. So let's change the subject. You guys both love The Simpsons. Before we came on the air, you were just ranting and raving about The Simpsons and confession time. When Simpsons first came on and we were living in North Carolina, I wasn't sure it was the best influence on my kids. So I banned my kids from watching The Simpsons. Wise move. And, Wise then, move. and then I would sneak over to Ernest's once in a while and watch a little bit and laugh, but made sure my kids didn't see me laughing at it. And now my son has gone back, because it was prohibited, he's gone back and watched most of them. So uh, what would you guys say is, why does Simpsons work so well? I mean, it's been around 20 years, right? Why does it work so well? 27 years. Yeah, it's almost 30, yeah. The longest reigning TV show of all time except for Meet the Press. They never age. Is that it? Is that the well, that's animation? The yellow skin. The animation. It's the yellow skin. Yellow skin doesn't age in that respect. <laughs> I, I, it's it's topical humor, but it's the basis. It's it's like all great sitcoms of the '60s. It's the father that exasperates his wife, that loves his children, that tries to do the best for his children. That Gee, sounds familiar him. here. Yeah, I was gonna say it's 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 something that everybody can buy into. And you look at all the successful sitcoms from the 50s on, I Love Lucy, Leave it to Beaver, all it's the same thing. They just but they're able to break down the fourth wall. They're able to make in jokes that that you can pick up later on and, and the jokes and and there's a whole website of things they predicted ahead of time. Yeah, just, I don't. Like Trump. Yeah. Yeah, like like the, the, con 
the, the flu yeah, the, since this, already started. Yeah, the coronavirus. They predicted it 10 years ago. It's just sharp writing. You look at some of the people, Brad Bird, who did all the Toy Story movies, uh, was one of the writers. Conan O'Brien with the writer. Just really talented writers and directors over a period of time. And again, that they hit everything from all perspectives. But there's, there's a sweet message buried underneath it. I mean, at the very bottom, Marge loves Homer, and Homer loves his kids, even though they aggravate him. And he does anything he would do for his kids, and he cares for his father, who aggravates him also. I think that's it, but I think it's sharp humor, and it operates at so many levels. It's smart comedy. Nate, slaps do you agree with Ernest? Is that why you started yeah, watching it? Yeah, I, mean, I don't think I watched it. started well watching i just started watching i think it was popular because you know we were a kid and i think yeah you weren't really supposed to watch it at our age and then they had the little treehouse of horror halloween episodes and they'd come out at the beginning and say oh this is you know marge would say oh it's you know it could be scary for kids and blah blah and um, then it made you want to watch it even more and um <laughs> no i mean and then you, you get older and you still you still kind of watch I, I haven't really watched a lot of the more, more recent ones but um i think it's on disney plus we were talking about so you can watch some of the old ones. One of my favorites is Mr. Plow. Um, Mr. Plow. That's a great one. Or the one when Homer goes into space. You remember who's I in mean, Mr. Plow? Who sings the song of Mr. Plow? Who does the theme song for for uh, his buddy? Linda Ronstadt. I mean, they've gotten so many stars have been on there. The New York one is hilarious. If you've seen that one, the one where he Homer goes, in space with Twin Buzz towers. Alton. Oh, yeah, the Twin Towers. The Buzz when he Alton. Drinks, drinks all that crab juice, and then he, has, he goes to the one tower, and he has to go the bathroom's out of order and he has to go all the way down all the way over to the other tower and go all the way up to the top and then finally the guy comes with a ticket that he's been waiting all day for oh just yeah it's great Some can great you think of there. any other tv shows that are that you would say are about that level of simpsons or better family guy is kind of close yeah which i think they've made fun of you know that both of them have back for they actually did a joint episode about Four years ago. How about with real people, real actors? With real people? Yeah, actual real people. (sighs) Parks and Recreation came close. Parks and Rec was pretty good. That's a good one. That That came close. But it's Scrubs. Scrubs, I think. I think the the guy who produced Scrubs said he wanted to do live action Simpsons. That's what he targeted at. And with the, the, the dream sections, which were eventually what you see in Family Guy, the cutaways actually started with scrubs the the you know when jd would dream at something and mm-hmm. uh which now uh, they do on family guy peter griffin does south park south park is more satirical it is very political but to the extent that it's political and lots of swearing oh yeah but they make fun of that they did the episode where it was supposed to be like uh, a police show where they do all the cursing and it brings up an ancient curse from a demon that comes up if you said a certain curse word 100 times they do very sharp and and they do an animation system where they only have like a one week turnaround where Uh simpsons takes generally four months to do the animation because you know because of the period of time how long it is to animate something uh it takes four months whereas uh south park does it about a week's time south park has a lot of hit and miss it's not as you know, there's some episodes where you go like, nope, nope. 
but the audacity, the, the audacity that they're able to do. I mean, the idea that they take a piece of feces and make it a Christmas figure, and the fact that you can go to a store and get Mr. Hanky the Christmas poo, you can get a Mr. Hanky the Christmas poo doll and every Spencer's gift when they were open in the last decade. I mean, that's really I finally audacious. got it. They- Simpsons is for every guy who doesn't want that little junior high kid inside of him to die. It's that sophomore humor that never goes away, right? Simpsons are Mad Magazine, and South Park is Lamp- National Lampoon or the the Onion. But Ernest, I guess that's don't now. read you magazines anymore. I'm the last one. <laughs> I, I'm the keeper. I'm Burgess Meredith on that Twilight Zone episode where I think I have all these things to read and I break my glasses. Well, so I just all, saw that. That was for so, all the 80-year-olds who listen to the podcast. Yes. That yeah, how about Galax- Guardians of the Galaxy Keeper? Maybe that guy. That's it. I'm the last one. I'm the one who's keeping the, the last <laughs> magazine. It's funny. I just watched that episode, Ernest. I had not, not seen okay. the twilight zone and forever and i just i was downloading a bunch of stuff for my ipad for the uh, my trip because i had a long flight it was like five hours from la from um la new york to arizona and i was just adding a whole bunch of stuff and that was one of the ones is the one where he's he's in the bank and the thing blows up the world blows up and he comes out and all he wants to do is read and gets everything set up for the next years to read and then drops his glasses I'm like oh bummer so it wasn't when, until like 10 years after that series went off that I realized there was a O. Henry twist mm-hmm. at the end of every episode. Like, mm-hmm. what, what's the twist? You know, you, you get used to it. Yeah, that. where's the Rod twist Rod left too early, died of heart surgery at age 42, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. He, and it was highly political. You look back at those episodes and there was a lot of political messages that he was able to integrate in essentially a horror anthology series i mean he was really ahead of his time he did another one called which wasn't as good called night gallery on nbc in the early 70s yeah that was more scary than oh paul remembers that yeah and you know night gallery gave the first job to a 22 year old graduate from ucla named steven spielberg that was the first work he ever got yeah i thought i was scary when i was a kid was unsolved mysteries did you ever watch that that was that was scary as a kid We'll say music, that theme music. And, yeah, ooh. but uh, I thought I was watching the episode of The Untouchables. <laughs> yes, I understand. The host was from The Untouchables. The Robert Stark, hello. All right, he I'm does gonna... a great, uh, he does a great uh, uh, satire of that in Basketball, which was done by Trey Parker, who does South, South Park. See how it all comes back together. Well, we're going to go with Ernest. What's your final two minutes? Uh I would help everybody remember everybody in the uh, entertainment business and in the restaurant business. Uh, they're looking at some hard times. And, and though the government is going to try and help them out to an extent, uh, it's going to be difficult for things to get back on back. So keep them in your prayers. Uh, everyone knows someone who's works in, in some type of uh, either with the ship business, the travel industry, the restaurant business, the bars, and that extent. Uh, keep them in your hearts and prayers. Uh, we're getting to extent here where uh, schools are being closed, churches are being closed. We're even having funerals put off down here for the simple reason that you don't want people to gather. It's a new paradigm. Uh, but uh, as, as Matthew McConaughey reached out and said, uh, we're looking for the green light. This should bring out the best in us. And I think it will. 
I thought I you were gonna say he said all right, all right, all right. All right, all right. 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 Well, he he came right. out and said that it's easy to let the primal nature and the worst nature of people to come out, uh, like grabbing all the toilet paper you can find that you possibly never will use. Uh, I have leaves here. I'm not worried. Uh, uh, but it, it's a chance for. <laughs> I could have done without that, but go ahead. Okay, all right. Just the middle picture. Again, this is a chance for us to to take care of each other. And it's an opportunity to rise above uh, this unknown, scary enemy, which is COVID-19. And uh, again, we've seen it in the past. People, this is when we see the best in people. And I I hope we do see that. That's my hope and dream for everybody. Let's let's help everyone around us. We have an opportunity to rise above this. Nate, your last two minutes. Yeah, like just about everything you're in has said one thing to help with the restaurants. Uh, um, like I know my wife's not really, I know out here it's basically turned into like takeout only. Um, you can't sit in, inside and eat and, um, she's a little hesitant to even do that. But one thing you can do is always just go there and buy a gift card, right? You don't, you have to use it for a while, but you can buy a gift card, wait till all this stuff, uh, calms down, then go use your gift card when you feel you know, you want to go out there, but that at least gives them some money Yeah, good um, idea. in the meantime. So that's, that's something, um, you know, somebody posted that in our little Trumbull. I come from a town of Trumbull. Um, you know, somebody posted that. That was a great idea. So people have been going out and buying gift cards, even if they're hesitant to want to buy food right now, uh, buy some stuff. So that's something you could do. You know, um, one thing we've been doing a lot of is, you know, walking around the, the neighborhood with the kids. Um, we're, we're playing outside in the front yard. A lot of people out walking. Um, you know, people that are not at work, they're not at school, everybody's walking, everybody's waving, everybody's saying hi, nobody looks scared, nobody's wearing masks. I think we're all just kind of like Ernest says, we're trying to make the best of it. And, um, you know, I think you are seeing the best of people. I mean, you're seeing the crazies, Um, you're seeing the tinfoil hat folks that are freaking out that the world's going to end, buying up all the toilet paper, buying, you know, 20 years worth of chicken byproducts, the, the funny memes of people that are buying an entire cart full of milk and you're like, you know, that's going to expire right. in a week. Why did you buy all that? I mean, it's stuff like that. But one thing, you know, uh, I know Paul works with some elderly folks, but you know, if you know any neighbors, um, that might need some help, I mean, shoot them an email, shoot them, you know, tell have a, make a phone call. Hey, you know, if you're scared to go out, you want me to grab you something when I'm out there, I'll drop it at your front door and, you know, wipe it down before you bring it inside. And, um, you know, one thing they're doing out here, which is great, is some of the grocery stores are opening 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. just for senior citizens, um, which is a great idea because I think some of them are very scared to go out right now. I went to Costco, very busy. I mean, it's it can be overwhelming. So um, plus you got to, you know, keep your distance. So, yeah, I think Ernest said it right. I think after, after all this, we're going to see the best in everybody and we'll come out the other end. It's kind of sucks now, but. Listen to what you're supposed to be doing. Don't be going out <laughs> and having play dates. Don't be doing these things thinking like you're immune to it. Don't go to spring break and go out on the beach like they're doing in Florida. Like they say, stay home. Just stay home. Suck it up for a few days. You know, people, I, I, somebody had a great analogy. You know, our grandparents went and fought in World War. All we're supposed to do is stay home for two weeks. How hard is that? So, right. you know, suck it up. Everything will get better. And, um, yeah. I like it. I like it. Nate said Ernest was right. I think that's just proof that miracles First are happening. First time ever. <laughs> see, we're all coming together already. Yeah, we see, are. See, that is the best in people. Yes. All right. You've listened to us knuckleheads long enough. Thanks for listening. Have a good night. <laughs>